0: One and all to this Christmas Eve edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Was I expecting to do a Christmas Eve edition of the Logan Blackman Show? No, because on Wednesday, we literally talked about how that was going to be the last show of the year. And then now we have some free time and we are able to record a Christmas Eve edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And I have another tier list, but this one's actually good, at least from what I could tell. It seems like a pretty fun one. And I hope you all will enjoy it as well once we go over it. We've also got some NFL stuff to talk about with the Pro Bowl. We've got the top five players by position in the 2022 NFL Draft as well. It's going to be a fantastic show. But without, well, I I guess before we get into all of that, we should talk about the housekeeping items before the show starts. Make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram. Go and like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and make sure you are following the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts. And since you're listening on either one of those, and if you're on Apple Podcast, make sure you give it a rating out of five stars. The Twitter account for me is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Then you can go find the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. Just search The Logan Blackman Show. Subscribe or give it a like. And you're just listening to it right now. So I know you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it's the only two places you are able to listen to The Logan Blackman Show. So you should be able to subscribe. So do that. And while you're at it, again, give it a rating out of five stars. But what we want to start off today is with the Pro Bowl. Now, the Pro Bowl, to most people, is not really anything that amazing. It hasn't been for some time now. I was listening to the radio yesterday, and they were calling it basically a glorified two-hand touch game. What well, That's that's exactly what it is. No one really, really cares about the Pro Bowl. But what the Pro Bowl is supposed to be is the best players in the NFL during that season and there are some positions now you can call me biased I don't really care but you cannot sit here and tell me some of these players deserve to go to the Pro Bowl I don't I don't understand why some of these people are in and why some of the people that did not make it are not (laughs) in the Pro Bowl it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me and we will go over it right now so, the first one that I want to talk about is probably the most, the craziest one. Actually, I don't know if it's the craziest one, but it's one of the craziest ones on the Pro Bowl. Josh Allen. Now, I you have heard me talk about Josh Allen a thousand times on the Logan Blackman Show. He's my favorite player in the NFL. He's the quarterback of my favorite team. So, of course, I'm going to have some sort of bias towards him. And though his numbers are equal to what they were last year, just... He has more interceptions than last year, but the touchdowns, yards, all that stuff, it's about the same. The Bills haven't been the greatest team this year. We have all been able to see that. They're 8-6. They lost to the Jaguars. Like We we know the Buffalo Bills have not played their best football in 2021-2022, especially given the expectations for this team. But if you're going to hold the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen to that sort of standard, why are we not holding Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to that standard as well? The Ravens were supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL again. They reshaped their offensive line. They got all new weapons for Lamar Jackson. And yet, Lamar Jackson has made the Pro Bowl, which just shows more than anything that this is just a popularity contest, which is what everybody has said about the Pro Bowl for the past however many years. It's been years since anybody I know actually cared about the Pro Bowl. But you want to see your favorite players go to the Pro Bowl. And when they don't make the Pro Bowl, it is kind of, you get kind of hurt about it. Even if you don't really care about the game itself, you want to see your favorite players get the respect that you think they deserve. And looking at Lamar Jackson this season, I can make arguments for about five other quarterbacks, let alone Josh Allen, that would have made the Pro Bowl above Lamar Jackson. If you've listened to the show long enough or just talked to me in general, you know I like Lamar Jackson quite a bit. I would teeter on the love category for Lamar Jackson. I've defended Lamar Jackson on a lot of occasions on the show. Dude's a unanimous MVP, the second-ever unanimous MVP in NFL history. He's the greatest running quarterback of all time. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And yet, this season is not one of Lamar Jackson's best seasons. This season, he has 16 passing touchdowns and 13 interceptions. This is Lamar Jackson we're talking about. This isn't some scrub quarterback. This is a former MVP, 16 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. His interception-to-touchdown ratio is almost 1-to-1. We're looking at Brett Favre numbers right now. And no disrespect to Brett Favre, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. When Brett threw for 20-something interceptions and 20 touchdowns, he didn't make the Pro Bowl with the Jets. So why are we holding Lamar to this? Like, even when we're talking about rushing numbers, he has more yards than Josh, but Josh leads the NFL in yards per carry (laughs) out of any position, running back or quarterback. 6.2 yards per carry. Josh Allen has 35 total touchdowns. Lamar has 18. Josh has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. He has less interceptions than Lamar Jackson. He has over 600 more total yards of offense than Lamar Jackson. And people want to talk about it's all about your team and how good they are. They're both 8-6. Now, you can make arguments that the Ravens, they should probably be better if they don't go for two against the Steelers and the Packers. They're probably a little better team. But I could do the same thing. You still lost the game. If the Bills didn't lose to the Jaguars, they'd be a better team. If the Bills didn't lose to the Patriots, or if Josh Allen got the quarterback sneak against the Titans, they'd be a better team. But guess what? It doesn't matter what they could have been. They ain't that. (laughs) They're 8-6 and and are 1-3 in the AFC North. Like, you can even make an argument for another AFC North quarterback to make the Pro Bowl over Lamar Jackson. That's Joe Burrow, who has 26 passing touchdowns this season. And 3,600 passing yards. Yes, he has 14 interceptions this season, but he's the most sat quarterback in the NFL. Like, you can make an argument for that. Now, there is not as good of an argument to be made for Joe Burrow as there is Josh Allen, which I'm kind of surprised how that's been working out. Like, is it just because the Bengals weren't expected to do anything this year and Joe Burrow's balling out? Is that the only reason he's getting more notoriety for the Pro Bowl, like, snub list than Josh Allen, who has more yards, touchdowns, and less interceptions than both of them? We're talking about rushing, passing, total yards, whatever you want to look at. He has more yards than Burrow and Lamar Jackson. You can even make an argument, though not a great one, for Derek Carr making the Pro Bowl. He has more touchdowns, just passing, than Lamar Jackson does in total touchdowns. He has 19 passing touchdowns. And he's second in the league in passing yards. Which, again, (laughs) shows how little passing yards matter in the grand scheme of things. Once Jameis Winston led the league in passing and also interceptions, people stopped caring about passing yards as being a thing. But you can still make an argument that he deserves it over Lamar Jackson. Now, the other two quarterbacks in the AFC that made it, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, I have no real issues with. Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate and one of the faces of the NFL now. And he's awesome to watch. And I think he's the leading vote-getter. I'm pretty sure he's going to start the Pro Bowl. Mahomes... If he's, had a, if he's on, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think everybody can say that. Lamar does not deserve to be in the Pro Bowl at all. And I love Lamar Jackson. Again, this is ridiculous, though. What the hell has he done this year to get a Pro Bowl nod? Because Tyler Huntley, I'm not going to sit here and say Tyler Huntley is better than Lamar Jackson because I don't believe that at all. People that are saying that are just butthurt about Josh Allen not making the Pro Bowl or just stupid people in general. But Tyler Huntley had two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns against the Packers last week, which is something Lamar Jackson has never done. Like, Tyler Huntley's played good this year. They have not, they have had Tyler Huntley in in won games. If you took Josh Allen out and put Trubisky in, I don't think the Bills are winning games. Now, they're not going to be atrocious or anything like if they had Matt Barkley as Josh Allen's backup still, but they weren't going to win eight games. The only, matter, the only reason they were in the Buccaneers game in the first place is because of Josh Allen, who had over 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing, and no other player on the Bills registered a rushing attempt against the Buccaneers in the first half. Before last week, Josh Allen was 17 yards away from leading the Bills in rushing yards. And yet, somehow, Lamar has made the Pro Bowl. And we want to bring up rushing yards again. Average yards per carry, Josh is not only better than Lamar, he's better than every other player in the NFL. He averages 6.2 yards a carry. There's there's zero argument for Lamar Jackson to be in the Pro Bowl this year. I've even seen some Ravens fans say Josh Allen got screwed out of a Pro Bowl knot. Like, how did Lamar make it? Really? And I know the main reason why is because he's one of the most popular while also being one of the most disliked quarterbacks in the NFL. The dichotomy or the duality of Lamar Jackson in regards to NFL fan circles is kind of funny (laughs) to a certain extent, but also kind of sad. Because I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, I would argue none, that can do what Lamar Jackson does with the ball in his hands when he's running upfield. No one in the NFL can turn a a 10-yard loss into a 50-yard gain running the ball. No one else can do that. But that doesn't mean he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl this year, and he does not. He does not. He threw four interceptions against the freaking Browns. Like, we're not doing this this year. And the, when you're looking at the NFC, I've heard arguments for Kyler Murray not to make the Pro Bowl. I have really no issues with the NFC quarterbacks. Rodgers, Brady, and Kyler Murray. I have really no issues with that. I, I saw an argument. I get, I don't remember who it was for. i got to go scroll through the... Oh, it was Stafford. Yeah, so Stafford was the quarterback that they're arguing for, which Stafford ranks third in passing yards. He had 35 passing touchdowns this season, 12, 10 interceptions. But I don't know. I don't know if you can really look at the numbers, like with passing yards and passing touchdowns. Kyler Murray's missed like four games this season. I don't know if that's really fair for Kyler. If you're going like, oh, well, he has more yards and touchdowns. Well, he – like a lot more. <laughs> Not, I don't know. Because Lamar has missed, what, two games? This year, like two and a half, I think because he missed Mo, uh, part of the Browns game the second time. I don't know. So uh, Kyler Murray has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Like even when Lamar has been playing, he hasn't been one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year. Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate. I don't know if Lamar has been an MVP candidate once this year. So I don't. I don't know what to make of Kyler Murray. I'm not perfectly. I'm like. Not that mad about Kyler Murray making it. There's other players that I could be a little bit more upset about than Kyler Murray making it over uh, the dude named Matt Stafford. Running backs, we got Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. Fine with that. I mean, those three are leading the AFC in rushing yards, discounting Derrick Henry, who's still somehow in the top five. And then you got in the NFC, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, and Alvin Kamara. Now, I saw some people complaining about James Conner making the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, I don't, I'm not really that flustered about him making it since he sits second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns with 14 and has never lost a fumble this year. But uh, Alvin Kamara has barely played. I don't know how Alvin made the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. I think if he's on, Alvin Kamara is one of the, if not the best running back in the NFL. But Alvin Kamara has four touchdowns, rushing and four touchdowns receiving this year. He has eight. What what has he really done this year? His 10 games played this year? I think he's a special running back. I'm not going to take anything away from <laughs> Alvin Kamara. But I would argue that you, could, you should have put in, like, Cordero Patterson in there above him. Because Cordero Patterson is an insane total offense player this year. He's got over 1,000 yards of total yards of offense this year with 10 touchdowns. Now... Is this like hitting like you could take or make I can I don't know what you want to call it. Take it or leave it. I don't it doesn't really bother me that Cordero Patterson didn't make it, but I saw some people complaining about James Connor making it. I, mean, I don't really know if you can make a complaint about James Connor. Alvin hasn't really played. <laughs> so I would put I can you can make an argument for Alvin for uh Cordero Patterson over Kamara I do think that Cordero should have made it wide receivers no real issues here There's are no real surprising players in here no real surprise omissions anyways from what I can tell we got Tyreek Hill Jamar Chase Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen nothing really upsetting there unless like I guess I don't know who all is leading the NFL in receiving yards this year Uh, is there anybody else that should be really up there Deontay Johnson I guess you can make an argument for he's had a really good year at the start of this... Or as the season's progressed, he's gotten better and better as the season's gone on. So maybe him over Keenan. But like, Diggs, Chase, Hill, they were always making it. And then NFC, no issues here. These are the best receivers. Not only in the NFC, you could argue these are the four best receivers in the NFL this season. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and Debo Samuel. I don't think there's an argument to be made over anybody else. <laughs> you could say... Like Chris Godwin, but he tore his ACL. You could say Tyler Lockett, but no. Uh, I mean, Debo Samuel is one of the most versatile, if not the most versatile player in the NFL this year. Justin Jefferson's second in the league in receiving yards. Devontae Adams, when he's on it, is the best receiver in the NFL. And Cooper Cup's about to have a 2,000-yard season. There's really nothing you can say to make an argument for anybody other than those four making the Pro Bowl. You could Honestly, you could say those are the four best receivers in the NFL. Tight ends, no issues. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey for the AFC. George Kittle and Kyle Pitts for the NFC. There's no issues there. <laughs> Zero issues there. Tackles, this is where I've kind of got somewhat of an issue. So for the AFC, it's Rashawn Slater, Orlando Brown, and Deion Dawkins. Now, Deion Dawkins, I think, is a fine tackle. I don't think he's amazing or anything. But the Pro Bowl this year... And we defend, We came to Dion's defense on Monday... But a Pro Bowl appearance for Deion Dawkins over Josh Allen. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of confused about that. The, has the tackles in the AFA, in the AFC not been very good this year? Have I just not been following it in the AFA, AFC? Like, really, how did Deion Dawkins make the Pro Bowl this year? <laughs> I, re- I really, really have no idea. Like, Rashawn Slater, yeah, that had no, no issues with Rashawn, Rashawn Slater making it. But Dawkins, intriguing, very intriguing there. But okay, dude comes back from COVID being in the hospital, and now he's a pro bowler, so I mean, fair play. Uh, NFC, I mean, no issues here. These are probably, much like we said with the, tie, the wide receivers of the NFC, these are probably the three best tackles in the NFL. Uh, well, you can argue Ronnie Stanley when he's healthy, but Trent Williams, Tristan Wirfs, and Tyron Smith. I, d- I don't think Tyron Smith and Trent Williams have been the best tackles in the NFL ever since they came into the league and then now I would say it's even <laughs> more that they've kept playing Worfs is the best right tackle in the NFL these two are the best left tackles in the NFL so you can make a very strong argument though those guys are the best tackles in the NFL bar none and then we got the the centers Ty- Corey Lindsley Ryan Kelly for the AFC and then the NFC Jason Kelsey and Ryan Jensen I've seen stuff for um, Creed Humphrey the Chiefs center, who has been one of the best rookies in the NFL this year, and by that being one of the best centers in the NFL, and you can make an argument over Ryan Kelly, but the Colts offensive line when they're all together is the best O-line in the NFL. Maybe next to the Browns, but it's very close. Between the Browns and the Colts, it's neck and neck, really. And I think you can make an argument for Chris Creed Humphrey making it, but I'm not too surprised he didn't make it. For the guard section, Quentin Nelson, Joel Petonio, and Wyatt Teller. The more and more I see Wyatt Teller ball out in the NFL, the more and more it hurts. And not because I want Wyatt Teller to to fail or anything. I want Wyatt Teller to be the best guard he can. But knowing he was on the Buffalo Bills, and they traded him for, uh, what was it, a 6th or 7th round pick, and he has developed into one of the best guards in the NFL, that hurts. With how bad the Bills off the line is on the interior, oh, it hurts to see Wyatt Teller and Quentin Spain have very nice years for the Browns and Bengals. Now, Joel Petonio really good guard as well, best guard tandem in the NFL, Teller and Batonio, and then Quentin Nelson's just the best guard in the NFL. There, there's, he's like one of two players in NFL history to make all pro the first three years of the, of his NFL career, and the other one's Barry Sanders. Like, Quentin Nelson's special. Like, they, 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 the dude came in the NFL and was the best guard in the NFL. Like, it wasn't like it took a couple of years. No, he came in and instantly became the best guard in the NFL. And for the NFC we have Zach Martin, uh, Brandon Scherf, and Ali Marpet from the Bucks. Gotta love Brandon Scherf making it. Zach Martin, much like Tyron Smith, when they're on, they're one of the best tandems in the NFL. Uh, Ali Marpet, another Bucks offensive lineman making the NFL or making the Pro Bowl. There's three of their five offensive the linemen making the Pro Bowl this year. And Scherf's just from Iowa, and you know Iowa does better. What Iowa does better than anybody? Breeding offensive linemen and tight ends, and we got a tight end and a lineman, two linemen in there. Twerfs and Scherf in there. Interior uh, D lineman, DeForest Butner, Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward, NFC. Aaron Donald, Jonathan Allen, Kenny Clark. Is there anybody that's going to be too upset about that one? I mean, I don't know. Jeffrey Simmons, maybe, from the Tennessee Titans over, like, Cam Hayward? I don't know, but I don't really have any issues with those ones. Then we got defensive ends, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Trey Henderson, Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson, I remember he came to the the Cincinnati Bengals this year, and everybody was kind of expecting him to drop off because he's had such a good year last year with the Saints. That was kind of like, ah. Nothing's really, we're expecting to go downturn this year. And he made the Pro Bowl again. And Miles Garrett, what, the best edge rusher in the NFL or one of the best red, edge rushers in the NFL? Yeah, no, easy. I guess you can make an argument for Joey Bosa. Oh, no, Joey is in it as an outside linebacker. I forgot the charge switched to a 3-4. Back to a 3-4, I should say. Uh, for the NFC, Nick Bosa, Brian Burns, Cameron Jordan. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, linebackers, we have D- Darius Leonard and Denzel Perryman and Micah Parsons and Bobby Wagner. Now, I was kind of surprised that uh, that Denzel Perriman was on this list. I, have, I guess I haven't really seen how Denzel Perriman's been doing this year, but he was never a Pro Bowl candidate linebacker at the Chargers. So I'm kind of surprised he made it from that, but I'm not. I mean, Micah Parsons is the runaway at rookie of the year, and I'm kind of surprised, though, they list him as an inside linebacker. He's a borderline edge rusher at this point. So I'm kind of surprised that that, Bobby Wagner... Nothing Nothing really needs to be said about Bobby Wagner. We can, everything's already been said about Bobby. Then we got outside linebackers, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Matthew Judon, NFC, Chandler Jones, Robert Quinn, and Shaq Barrett. Anything really upsetting there? I mean, Robert Quinn's been balling out this year. He's got like 16 sacks this year or something like that. So not really surprising there. But yeah, I, I, nothing really concerning there i guess (laughs) cornerbacks jc jackson xavian howard denzel ward kenny moore uh denzel ward i believe is one of the most underrated corners in the nfl i don't think there's anything that should like this dude doesn't get all the recognition i'm really happy he made the pro bowl this year kenny moore the Colts secondary has not been like amazing this year but he's been the bright spot of it and xavian howard just coming off a 10 interception season last year And J.C. Jackson, we already know how good J.C. Jackson is. And then the NFC, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slay, and Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, Trayvon Diggs leads the league in interceptions, so that's not surprising. Jalen Ramsey, to most people, is the best cornerback in the NFL. The only thing I'm kind of surprised about is A.J. Terrell not making it, because on the Falcons' defense, the only bright spot the Falcons have on defense is A.J. Terrell. That's pretty much it. And he was seen by somewhat of a reach when the Falcons took him 16th overall in 2020. So... He's become a very, very nice corner for the Falcons. And then safeties, we have Derwin James and Tyron Matthew, and then Buda Baker and Harrison Smith, and then we've also got Kevin Byard and Quandre Diggs. Okay, this is where we start to have the little bit of the issue here in regards to the safety position. And just the defense in general, how the hell did the Buffalo Bills have the number one defense in the NFL and not have a single Pro Bowl player. A single one. Just sit there and ask yourself that. This is the team with the best turnover differential in the entire NFL. And yet, somehow, some way, there has been a situation where, oh, wow, the Bills just didn't make the Pro Bowl. We have two... And one of them doesn't deserve to make it. And that's Deion Dawkins. <laughs> the one I'm the most upset about is Jordan Poyer. How the hell did Tyron Matthew make the Pro Bowl over Jordan Poyer? How? I don't, I don't understand. You could even make an argument. that Why the hell did Derwin James make it over Jordan Poyer? I love Derwin James. I think he's one of the, We've said it for years. When he's healthy, he is one of the best safeties in the NFL. One of the best. And I would make, I would say he's the one that deserves it a lot more than Tyron Matthew. He has more tackles, more forced fumbles, more less interceptions, but more passes defended than Tyron Matthew. Jordan Poyer has more tackles and more interceptions and more passes defended than Tyron Matthew, and has more passes defended and more interceptions than Derwin James. Jordan Poyer has been playing at an All-Pro level this year, and somehow, yet again, like clockwork, he has not made the Pro Bowl. I'm honestly a little more upset about Jordan Poyer missing it than Josh Allen because Josh has made the Pro Bowl before. And I can understand to a certain extent people voting for Lamar Jackson because he's Lamar Jackson. But how did this happen? How is this allowed to happen that Jordan Poyer missed the Pro Bowl again? Do I think he'll make all pro? Yes, he should. He's better than Tyron Matthew. The Bills have the best safety tandem in the NFL. Now, I don't know why they only brought one free safety from each conference. Now, I think Kevin Byard's deserving because I think he's the best center fielder in the NFL. But why is there only one of them? Is there some reason there's only one of them? Because how the hell is Micah Hyde not in there too? How the hell did Micah Hyde not make the Pro Bowl? I understand Kevin Byard. I'm not going to say he should have been there over Kevin Byard. But there's, he should have been there alongside him is the only position out of the entire thing that has only, other than like kickers and like long snappers and punters, that has only one person per conference. Why? Why is that? Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde both deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. And either one of them made it. How does that make any sense? How? I, I'm very, very, very... <laughs> Let's do it again very confused about all of this. Like, I'm pretty sure the Bills have the same number of Pro Bowlers as the Saints, a team they beat by 30 points on Thanksgiving. And they have the same pro same number of Pro Bowlers. Less, less, because Alvin Kamara made it. Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore. They have three. The Bills have two. How did that happen? Huh? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the freaking Colts have the most pro bowlers. Now, I understand the Colts to a certain extent because they're getting hot. But the Bills have two. <laughs> they have the same number as the Philadelphia Eagles. Is the Eagles' defense as good as the Buffalo Bills' defense? No. Both of their players are a defense. Freaking Quandre Diggs, who is an awesome safety. I don't want to take anything away from him, and he's in the NFC, so it's nothing that the Bills could do. But how? (laughs) I don't understand, really. Well, I do. I do. It's a popularity contest. Now, I think Harrison Smith and Buda Baker are more deserving. Those two are very, very good safeties. I'm not going to take anything away from the NFC side of that. But Poyer and Hyde, I don't know where the disrespect came in. And then the kickers, I saw some Bills fans getting upset about Tyler Bass not making it. He wasn't making it over Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker just set a new NFL record for longest field goal. He hit a 66-yard field goal against the Lions. Bills fans that are complaining about that are just trying to complain about something because Justin Jefferson, or Justin Jefferson, Justin Tucker is more than deserving to the, the be in the, the Pro Bowl, and he's the best kicker of all time. So I think we can move on past Tyler Bass not making it. I think they're a little upset about how low he was, but... It's it's whatever. I mean, Justin Tucker deserves it. Matt Gay is the kicker for the NFC side of things. Return specialists, we had Devin Dumarey from the Ravens, and then Jerm- Jermaine Grant, or Jer- what's his name? Jakeem Grant, sorry. It's a little blurry on here. And then punters, A.J. Cole and Pat- Brian Anger for the Cowboys, then special teamers. We got Matthew Slater for the Patriots, JT Gray from the Saints, and long snappers, we got Luke Rhodes and John Harris. Josh Harris. Sorry, 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 sorry. But yeah, the, those are just some of my issues with the Pro Bowl or just some of the Pro Bowl team, I guess. But again, players will opt out. Players will make the Super Bowl. So Josh is the next alternate, which is stupid because he shouldn't be an alternate. If anything, Lamar Jackson should be an alternate. And if anything, he should to be on the list in general based off this season. But jo- I'm assuming Josh will be in unless the Bills make the Super Bowl because I don't really see a reality where Kyler... Herbert, or Mahomes play in this Pro Bowl. They're not all playing in it. I remember a few years ago where quarterbacks opted out so much that Trubisky played in the Pro Bowl. So the quarterbacks opt out all the time. Brady probably won't play in the Pro Bowl. So Matt Stafford will play. But I don't even know if Jordan Poyer will accept an invitation after getting screwed out like that. Like Jermaine Edmonds made a Pro Bowl last year, and a lot of Bills fans hate Jermaine Edmonds. No, I do not. I just think he's an all right linebacker. I don't think he's terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's amazing either. But, uh, yeah, Josh has 35 touchdowns, which is tied for the most in the AFC and missed the Pro Bowl. That's funny. That is really funny. Let me just take a sip of this water. Most in the AFC. And he did not make it let's just remind that did not make did not make it oh my goodness you gotta love it and before we move on to our christmas thing let's just do a quick rundown of what's going on in the nfl this weekend go over some games for you we've got the niners and the titans taking place on thursday night football so you guys will know what the score is in that game titans and 49ers the 49ers are a three-point favorite in nashville so you can watch that Uh, Saturday, we got the Browns and the Packers on Christmas. Packers should annihilate the Browns that day. (laughs) And then we got the Colts Cardinals, which will be a very, very fun game down in the desert. And then Sunday, we got Bills, Patriots, Chargers, Texans, Lions, Falcons, Ravens, Bengals. Then we got the Rams and the Vikings, Jets, Jaguars, Giants, Eagles, Bucks, Panthers, Bears, Seahawks, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football with the Saints and the Dolphins playing on Monday night football so yeah it's not a very exciting slate of games this week apart from like the AFC East championship possibly be decided on Sunday with the Bills and Patriots so yeah that'll be fun but other any other games this week are not very exciting Browns Packers would be fun if the Browns were healthy then it'd be kind of fun but other than that it's not really that fun to watch any other game Ravens Bengals could be kind of fun Ravens have a chance to go oh one four in the division so, yeah, Pro Bowl candidate Lamar Jackson could ball out against a team they just got annihilated by a few weeks ago. So we'll see how that one goes. And that one was in Baltimore. This one's in Cincinnati. So Lord knows what's going to happen in this game this time around. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's uh, it's the NFL. It's, I mean, it's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> and then there's going to be, obviously, some frustrating moments because that's just what the NFL is with the refing decisions and all that kind of stuff. Then we got some college football. on. we got North Texas versus Miami. UCF versus Florida. And then we have got Memphis, Hawaii on on Christmas Eve. Then we got Georgia State, Ball State on Christmas with Western Michigan, Nevada, Boston College, East Carolina on Monday. And we had Army defeat Missouri in the Armed Forces Bowl, 24-22 to on a last-second field goal. And some big news in regards to bowl games. Texas A&M has opted out of their bowl game in the Gator Bowl against Wake Forest. So it sounds like Texas... The Texas, the 5-7 and seven Texas that lost to Kansas this year, will be taking their place, but from what it looked like, they're only going to play a half. So I, I don't really know what the hell is going to go on with that game, but apparently Texas playing a half of football against Wake Forest, unless I read everything wrong. I could be completely wrong about that, but I think that is what I read, <laughs> so we'll see what actually happens with that. But yeah, we got some fun stuff. We got some fun stuff. So let's go over to college football and stick with that and talk about the NFL draft. Now, this is not an official list. This is just what I was thinking of right now. And I think this will be fun since Christmas is coming up. This will be a nice little Christmas present for you. But the top five players in each each position in the draft? Because the top ten is a little harder to come up with right now. But top five, that's pretty simple. You're looking at some of the best players in college football just in the top five of the draft. So there's not really a whole hell of a lot of explaining that has needed to be done with this, okay? Well, there's going to be some explaining, I guess I should say, but it's not anything ridiculous. So, like, starting with quarterbacks, not a great quarterback class, but I think the top five quarterbacks in this class are as follows. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, and Desmond Ritter. You can put Desmond Ritter above Carson Strong. It wouldn't really affect me. I think Carson Strong will drop in the draft because of the fact he can't really move that well. But his arm talent is ridiculous. I think compared to the other quarterbacks, even some behind him, like Sam Howell, I bet they will be drafted before him. But that doesn't mean I don't think that they are better quarterbacks just because I think they'll get drafted before him. I think Carson Strong is better. But time will tell on that. I think Desmond Ritter, you can make an argument for all three of those guys, Ritter, Howell, and uh, Carson Strong for being the number four guy and the number five guy for being honest. But I think the top three is pretty much locked in. I don't think the top three will change too much before the draft starts. Running backs, uh, Brees Hall's number one, followed by Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Kyron Williams, and Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Brees Hall is the most complete back, I guess you could say. Touchdown machine. He's done a lot of catching the ball in the backfield this season, which has been awesome, which is one of my... I don't know if you want to call it a criticism. One of my worries, I guess, going into the season was that they didn't use him in the pass game. And also the thing that kind of just concerned me as well, compared to the other five running backs here, he has by far the most carries. And we're talking about quote-unquote tread on the tires for running backs. Brees Hall carries a lot of football. He led the nation in rushing attempts last year. He has 253 attempts this year. Like, dude carries the ball a lot for Iowa State. But he scores a shit ton of touchdowns. He has twenty touchdowns this year. He has the new NCAA record for most touched or touchdowns in consecutive games. So twenty-four. I think it's it's twenty-four games, right? I think I could be completely wrong about that. I was trying to go off memory, but I don't really remember. But yeah, that's the only thing that's kind of concerning with Brees Hall. Kenneth Walker, he's only had one year. Transferred from Wake Forest, came down, came up to Michigan State, balled out. It was their entire team. Their defense reeked. Their pass game wasn't that great. So Kenneth Walker took the brunt of the force. He was basically like the Jonathan Taylor of the NFL this year, where if you took Jonathan Taylor off the Colts, Colts aren't that good. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is by far the best running back in the NFL this season and should be the runaway candidate for the MVP. But since it's become somewhat of a quarterback award in the past eight years, probably will go to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, even though Jonathan Taylor is the most deserving. And the fans see that and voted him. Pro Bowl and also he was the highest vote getter in the Pro Bowl this year fans could tell Jonathan Taylor's the MVP and Kenneth Walker though he finished higher in Brees Hall in the Heisman rankings I think I put Brees Hall just above because Kenneth Walker does absolutely nothing in the past game that dude is solely relying on the run game and I don't think any of these guys will get drafted particularly high but I think they'll get drafted eh, they'll get decently high like third round somewhere in the third round no yeah second round I bet there'll be two or three in the second round, but you could get a really good one in the third round, like uh, Kyler Kyron Williams, who I think, if we're talking about just receiving backs, is probably the best receiving back in the entire draft. But the only question going into the season in regards to Kyron Williams' game was his ball carrying. When it regards to sometimes he's a little lackadaisical with the football, which is not very fun, especially for a wide receiver. That's <laughs> kind of kind of concerning, you know. If you want the running backs to hold onto the ball. At all times, but yeah, the dude's got 359 yards receiving and three touchdowns to the air as well. He just, just rushed for over 100 or thousand yards a season, 1,002 yards with 14 touchdowns to his name this year. I really, really like Kyron Williams as a complete back. He's just a little smaller, about five foot nine. He's the smallest back out of these top five running backs here. Zach Charbonnet rushed for a lot of yards for UCLA. He kind of rotated at the start of the season, anyways. I can't remember who their other running back is, but he rushed for well over 1,100 hundred, eleven hundred yards this season, had thirteen touchdowns there as well. 6'1", 220, very nice size for a running back. I'm really excited for him. In, regard, in regards to Isaiah Spiller, fast guy, very fast. Didn't put up a ton of rushing yards this year, and didn't have put up the numbers that a lot were expecting of him this year. But his burst at the end of burst of speed once he cuts up field is almost better than everybody in this draft class. In regards to the running backs, but that's my top five wide receivers: uh, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks. Uh, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave, Uh, Jameson Williams, I love this dude. I think he was number six last time we did these rankings. But Jameson Williams, if we're talking about what he can do in the receiving game, what he can do blocking-wise, what he can do in special teams, I think he's the most complete receiver in the NFL. And the fact fact that he's 6'2 makes him even more exciting. He's the best deep threat in college football. He had 1,400 yards this year, speed kills. He'll get drafted first. And he's a lot bigger than what you would expect him to be. Traylon Burks is a big dude. He's the best in regards to run blocking in this draft. And I think he can do a little bit of everything. He's 6'3", 225. He's the biggest regards to weight-wise out of the receivers in this draft class. I really like what Traylon Burks can do. And if we're talking about to do everything receiver, much like Williams, I think Burks is that, just a bigger version. And then we got Drake London. Best circus catcher in the draft. The only problem is he's coming off an ankle injury. But USC was strictly Drake London this season. Keaton Slovis struggled this year, and Drake London was their only option. And once he got hurt, USC's offense was pretty much nothing. The only issue is he's coming off an injury. So I don't know if that will hurt his draft stock or anything, but if we're talking about circus catches, athletic ability, he might be one of the best in this draft. And then Garrett Wilson, he's just a dog, competitive dude. He's kind of like Justin Jefferson in a sense where he was in a very, very good receiving room And he can do a lot of different things, like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Daxon Smith and Jigba. And still was a baller. And I don't think he's the fastest receiver, but he's still a very fast receiver. But I do feel like, for some reason, he'll have that stupid, like, if he doesn't run this 40, he won't be this high of a draft pick or something. But the dude's a baller. And Chris Olave is a speed for days. Touchdown machine, but he's a little smaller. We're talking about weight-wise, he's about 175. Like, he's not a very big receiver. He's the smallest out of these receivers anyways. But I think his deep threat ability is very, very nice. I think Jahan Dotson, David Bell, will also be in the conversation for the top five receivers in this draft as well. Tight end, we got Trey McBride at number one, Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M at three, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina at three, then Charlie Kohler at four, and Cole Turner at five. I really like Cole Turner. I know he was like at number 10 on Mel Kuyper's thing, but Cole Turner might be the best receiving tight end in this draft class. You saw what he did at Nevada this year with Romeo Dubs out wide with Carson Strong. The dude just makes every single catch. Like, the dude's awesome. Charlie Kohler is just a monster. He's like six six, two 240 pounds, 250 pounds. He's really smart. He won the basically just the smartest kid in college football award this year. I don't remember what the Campbell award I think it is. Smart dude. Can block really well. He's not... It's just kind of weird. He's built like an Iowa tight end. But he balled out this year. I love this dude. Uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, He's athletic, very, very athletic for the tight end position. Can play both on the line, can play out wide, can do a little bit of everything. And, Jeez, Trey McBride is a better blocker, I would say, and an underrated athlete at that. I think he's on a bad Colorado State team or not a very good Colorado State team. So he's not going to get talked about as much, especially someone that's played in the SEC this year in regards to Jalen Weidermeyer. But I really like, I like myself some Trey McBride. Trey McBride's a fun player to watch. And then we move on off to tackles. Evan Neal, Ike Mikwanwu, uh Charles Cross, Trevor Penning, and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer could have been higher until the Ohio State-Michigan game, and that one kind of hurt. Trevor Penning, Mahler, Ike Mekwonwu, Mahler. Can play both guard and tackle. I think his ability in the run game and the pass game makes him very desirable at the number two spot. And Charles Cross, athletically, might... Uh, no, I think Evan Neal's a little more athletic, but, given how big he is. But we're talking about pass protection. There's none better in this draft class than Charles Cross. He just doesn't, he's not an experienced run blocker. So that's what will hurt him in this regard. And then Evan Neal, he's just a freaking monster. He can play everywhere on the offensive line. What else do you want him to do? Plays guard, tackle, six foot six, about 340 pounds or 6'7". He's a freaking monster. And you can put that inside or outside. I think you're hitting wherever you want. Like, this dude's just too good to pass up as the best tackle in the draft. Interior, Tyler Lindebaum, Kenyon Green, Darrient Kennard, Zion Johnson, and Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan is kind of like Ike Makwanu. Not necessarily in the fact that they're similar players, but he's a guard-tackle hybrid. Played a little bit more tackle at UCLA than guard. Uh, Zion Johnson's a guard from Boston College. So the problem with this thing, there's only... I don't, I guess I haven't listed who's the centers on here, but everybody in the top five is a guard apart from Tyler Nabong, who is by far the best interior off the line in this draft. And I would consider him a top six prospect, maybe. At least top ten. Maybe top six might be a little high, but I would top six... Maybe, maybe... Even top five, but the dude's just awesome. Kyron Green, Kenyon Green is a versatile machine. He's played everywhere on the O-line this season. Where like Evan Neal has played guard tackle at different points throughout his Alabama career. This dude's played right guard, left guard, right tackle, left tackle this season. The dude just plays everywhere. And Darian Kennard, guard tackle, very good in the run game. That's his strength. Kentucky's a very run-oriented team, so he's their main run guy. But I really like Darian Canard. He's a little small. He's like 6'4", about 320. I think that's what he weighs, 325. He's played a lot of left tackle this year, but people are expecting to switch inside to guard where he could absolutely destroy some people on in the interior. Moving over to defense, DeMarvin Leal. This is interior D-line. DeMarvin Leal, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Fidarian Mathis, and Perrion Winfrey. Perion Winfrey, I think the thing I remember mostly from him this year is the fact that he took Brock Purdy's head off and somehow didn't get ejected? I don't understand how that happened. I really, <laughs> I really don't understand how that happened. I don't know. How he took his freaking top off. Like I, I don't know. Fidari Mathis is just a monster, dude. Like six foot four, about three twenty, somewhere around there. Plays interior D line on Alabama. You can never go wrong with an Alabama interior D lineman. Devontae White and Jordan Davis are the best 1-2 combo interior D-line in college football. It's fairly simple in that. And then DeMarvin Leal can play everywhere. But at 290, he'll probably switch inside to more of a, uh, what do you what do you want to call it, three-tech for defense. The dude will be awesome in the NFL. I'm really excited to see what he does. Given his power and size, he could play on the outside as well in his speed. Inside-outside, DeMarvin Leal will ball out in the NFL. Edge, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Devant, David Ojabo, George Kalarftis, and... Uh Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. You could argue Trayvon Walker in here from Georgia or Travon Walker, but Cameron Thomas has just done more this year. I know the whole conference thing, but tackles for loss, sacks, he's balled out. And Travon Walker, I think, has the misfortune of not really misfortune, but he's played both guard or interior lineman and edge rusher. So that kind of hurts him in regards to the statistical category, but his ceiling is super high. And the fact that you can put weight on him and he should be able to be either an interior D-lineman or an outside D-lineman should work perfectly. About 6'5", 275 this year, he has played 290 in the past at Georgia. I really have no issue with him, but if we're talking about number statistics, it would probably go with Thomas at five, but it's 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 close. I would say Walker has a higher ceiling, but at right now, you'd probably say you take Thomas. Kloftis doesn't have a lot of numbers, but he gets double teamed all the time. 6'4", 275 around that. Four and a half sacks, got double teamed a lot. Has played both interior and on the exterior of the D-line monster from both spots. David is the fastest edge rusher in this class, you could argue. Him and Thibodeau, you could make an argument for those being the fastest guys in here. But Ojabo's just played awesome this year. Dude's played five years of football ever. Like that should get people excited in regards to we could build something here. Like David Ojabo, you look at what he is, you look at what he's what he's built like. And how fast he is coming off the edge, how powerful he is playing either outside linebacker or a 4-3 D end, I would take him in a heartbeat. The dude is awesome. Tavon Thibodeau, athletic freak, powerful. He's been the number one player in the draft since he basically committed to Oregon because he was the number one player in high school as well. He'll be a top three pick. There's no issue about that. I just think Hutchinson had a better year this year. And I think he had that signature game that you were looking for in regards to being the best prospect. And that was against Ohio State where he had three sacks against C.J. Stroud and then balled out against Iowa, came second in the Heisman Trophy. Like, Aiden Hutchinson is the number one player in the draft right now, but it's not like it's a mile, like, Grand Canyon gap between him and Thibodeau as the number one and two players in the draft. No, it's, like, minuscule. And you can flip them back and forth, and it will not really affect me that much. Linebackers, uh, Devin Lloyd from Utah, number one, then Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Christian Harris, Brandon Smith, and Channing Tindall from Georgia as well. Tindall and uh, Nicobe Dean... Best linebacker duo in college football. I mean, you're, you're the linebacking duo for the best defense in college football. The best, one of the best in the run. One of the best in the pass. Best total. Best in uh, total points scored. Best in average points given up. Best in QBR. Like, it's ridiculous. They can play both up high, drop in coverage. N'Kobe Dean's just a, a really nice leader. Not very big. Six foot uh, 225, 230, somewhere around there. Devin Lloyd at 6'3", 235 is a monster. Every single time he flipped on a Utah game, he was making a tackle. He had like 107 tackles a year and seven sacks. He can play as an outside linebacker and inside linebacker. And if you watch what Micah Parsons has done this year, I think a lot of people will fall in love with what Devin Lloyd is doing and go, oh, wow, we want ourselves a Devin Micah Parsons. I could think he could get overdrafted to a certain extent. I wouldn't be surprised if like the Giants took him in the top 10. I wouldn't really be that surprised. Kristen Harris, your stereotypical Alabama linebacker and Brandon Smith is an outside, inside linebacker, versatile player. Kind of like Devin Lloyd, but not as good as Devin Lloyd. Cornerback, uh, Derek Stingley, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Andrew Booth, Roger McCreary, and Kyer Elam. You could flip Roger McCreary and Andrew Booth around. I think Roger McCreary is a better tackler than Andrew Booth. You can make the argument that Andrew Booth's more of a lockdown corner, but if we're talking about tough tackling corners, you would probably take Roger McCreary in that. Derek Stingley's been hurt for the past two years. So you can't really judge. It's kind of hard to judge, but his ceiling is so freaking high. And what he did his freshman year is damn near impossible just to look past. Sauce Gardner, 6'3", 200. Never gets beat deep. Never gets beat over the top. Never just gives anything up, really, in the secondary. I think his size mixed with his ball skills and football IQ makes him a very, very fun prospect at corner. Kyrie Elam, 6'2", just under 200 pounds. Very, very fast. That's the thing that makes him very special. I don't know... I could see him slipping in the second round. I wouldn't be too surprised if that actually happened because his numbers compared to the other guys on this list are not like that. But I think his speed and his ceiling make him a very, very intriguing prospect. Same goes for Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie's not very big. That's his only issue. If Trent McDuffie was bigger, he might be the first cornerback off the board. He might be. But you could say that and look at like someone like Jair Alexander, who's not a very big corner, was drafted 18th overall. By the Packers in 2018, I think it was 18th, 16th or 18th, because I know Derwin James was 17th, he was 16th or 18th. So you could look at someone like that for Trent McDuffie, but I think he'd probably slip just because of how quote-unquote small he is. And then safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Daxton Hill, Jaquan Brisker, Jordan Battle, and Lewis Sign from Georgia. I mean, there's not really a lot I need to say about Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is a do-everything safety. Kyle Hamilton is is a top 10 pick, will be a top 10 pick. I wouldn't be surprised if a top 5 pick, especially if you look at the last mock draft we did. The other guys, Daxon Hill, really nice free safety, drops deep. That was one of the things we said with Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Don't try to do anything too long. Because if you try to set up something deep, you're not only going to allow Ajabo and Hutchinson to come around the ends because your tackles aren't very good, but Peters' overthrowing ability would allow Daxton Hill to get like 18 interceptions. Now, I don't think Hill had an interception in the game, but you didn't want to test him. You don't really want to test Daxon Hill. Jordan Battle, hard-hitting safety. That's what you'd say about him. Jalen Catalan from Arkansas would have been mentioned up here, but he said he's coming back to Arkansas, so he's not going to be in this list. Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, free safety. He's at number six on this list. He could be up in the top five if you really wanted. But yeah, that's our top five players by position in each draft. Nice little Christmas present for you guys. I wasn't really planning on doing that today. But you know what? We did it, and it worked out very well. And before we end today's show, because it's a little longer than I was expecting, it's we're almost at 50 minutes. But I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting it to be this long. I didn't really know I was doing a show today until about 50 minutes ago. So now we're here, and I found this tier list for Christmas movies. Christmas movie characters fighting tier list. So I'm assuming this is if I was fighting them, or if... Like, if I had to choose someone to fight each other, so the tiers are, they're freaking dead, dude. Close, but we win. Tie. Close, but we lose. We dead. And we've got every character on here, I think I am aware of who they are, to a certain extent. And there's some on here that I'm like, I don't remember you being a Christmas character. Well, they're all Christmas characters, but I don't remember you too much. So we'll start off, Now I don't remember some of their names, so this might hurt a little bit, but I recognize the faces. It's like Buddy the Elf. I don't think Buddy the Elf would fight, first off, but I think Buddy the Elf, with how big he is, and watching him in a snowball fight, if you turn it into something Christmassy, I would say close, but we win. Because I don't know if Buddy the Elf would have that switch to kill somebody. So I'm going to assume close, but we win. Because he is he's massive. Buddy uh, Buddy the Elf is a big dude. But he's only ever fought else before so he's not really fighting normal-sized people i shouldn't say normal-sized people the average sized person i should say so yeah i'm gonna put him close but we win abominable snowman now this is an interesting one if yukon cornelius this is pre-yukon cornelius yeah we're dead but if after i mean yukon cornelius tamed him so which which one are we talking about here now i'm assuming it's the one with the teeth because he's got teeth in the picture so this is after yukon cornelius or before yukon cornelius did it, but I'm just gonna say uh, we dead. I ain't gonna try and take on the abominable snowman because I know Bumble's bounce, but he has his teeth there, and I ain't trying to play with that. I ain't trying to mess with that. Uh, The girl from Polar Express, I don't remember what her name is, but she's the one that lost her ticket. I, uh, I don't know. I don't really want to fight her. She could, she could probably kill me. I don't know. She seems unhinged. She was driving a freaking train and sat on the front of a train was skidding on ice. I don't know if we could take that. I'm gonna say tie, and I also don't want to be the person that's like, yeah, I could beat up a little girl, because the problem is they're kids. No, I'm not gonna put her in here. I'm not gonna put her in here. <laughs> uh, Buddy the Elf's dad. I'm gonna say close, but we lose, because he seems very unhinged. He seems like a very mean person. I don't think he'd uh, take any tie. He'd have any problem killing me. I don't think he'd have any issue with that. The only problem is for him that he's older, and he writes children's books. But he's been on the naughty list for X amount of years, according to Santa, so I don't know if we want to do it. The elf from Rudolph, who is, uh, I need to look up Rudolph's character's names because I don't remember what their names are. He's the elf that screams, why weren't you an elf practice? That guy. I don't remember his name, though. So, let me see. There's a certain elf that is named, Bo- he's just called Boss Elf. That's his name, Boss Elf. Well, either way, Boss Elf is a scary man. I'm going to put it up close, but we lose. Like, that dude is a scary, scary man. The dude, uh, Buddy the Elf's... Now we're not going to put him because he's a child as well. Buddy the Elf's brother. His dad's kid. So stepbrother, I guess. The dog from (laughs) The Grinch, not going to put him. We're not gonna about killing animals. Now, Glass's kid from frickin' uh, Polar Express, the yellow shirt. I don't care if he's a child. I'm taking on all my aggression on yellow shirt glasses, kid. They're freaking dead, dude. I'm throwing his ass off the train. I ain't even trying to fight him. I'm just trying to push him off the train. It's going to be short-lived fight. Short-lived. The snowman, I would say Ty. Tie, uh, tie. It's a snowman. So, I mean, he doesn't have any legs. So, I don't know if that's an advantage or disadvantage of me. But he could blend into his surroundings a little bit. But I feel like he's got something about him. I feel like the snowman from Rudolph has got something about him where he could freaking mess me up. I just feel it. I don't know why. He's got a freaking mustache and goatee. His eyes are like tiny rocks. So maybe that would help me out in a fight, but I just feel that... I'll say close, but we win. I just feel like there's something about him. His eyes aren't very big, so I would imagine that to be hard to see me because they're like the size of a freaking rock, like a tiny rock, like a pebble. So I don't know if we could put him on there. The Grinch, I would say close, but we lose. I probably, not close, but we lose. The Grinch don't care. And we're talking about prior to his heart expanding, Grinch don't care. Grinch would kill me and probably laugh about it. No, I don't know about the the Benedict Cumberbatch, Tyler, the creator Grinch movie. I'm talking about the animated one. I don't know about that one. I've never seen the newest Grinch movie, but the old one, I don't think he'd have any issues with it. Maybe he'd he'd feel bad. We'll put Ty, maybe he'd feel bad. Rudolph? Do we beat up Rudolph? I mean, Rudolph doesn't really look, he got in a fight in the movie and I don't really know what he did. We'll put, we'll put close, but we win. Yukon Cornelius, we're dead. Yukon Cornelius just beat the Abominable Snowman. What? If I lose the Abominable Snowman, why do I think I have any chance with Yukon Cornelius, the goaded character, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? The elf that fixes teeth? You know what? I could fix teeth. So he's got weapons. Under close, but we lose. He's got freaking weapons. He's got dental equipment. Now, I don't know if we're going in there, like, no weapons at all, but I'm sure he'd pull those out of, like, a holster or something and just kill me with his different dental equipment. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, then we got the Jim Carrey Grinch. Uh, Probably, t- I don't know. Jim Carrey Grinch, which one's scarier, the the, the animated one or Jim Carrey Grinch? I mean, I don't know. Grinch is big. Grinch is a big dude. So I'm going to put him in close, but we win. I know they're the same character, but I feel like the, uh, well, or close, but we lose my bad close, but we lose. I'm going to put them both in close, but we lose. because so I think they're they're. Uh, it's interesting because they change halfway through the movie. So I don't know Santa. Uh, they, they're freaking dead. I'm killing Santa. I don't care. I've made my feelings known about Santa that I think he's a slave owner that I think that he's a creep and a pedo because he's watched his kids sleep. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know where he gets all of his stuff, and I think the part that he goes to every single house in the world in less than a day is kind of concerning. So I don't know how the hell he's doing that. So we're gonna keep him in dead. I'm killing Santa. I think he's an a-hole. I think he's mean to Rudolph. So we're putting him in there in the the dead tier. The constr- uh, the ghost from Christmas uh Polar Express. We're dead. We're dead. Like I uh, I don't know. He he looks like he'd help me, so I, I put him in because He saves the loser kid from polar express a few times but he's a ghost the constructor construct const- yeah the construct no the what is he called is he const- the construct oh crap what is it called conductor i don't think he, is he the conductor is he just the ticket guy i don't know he's got that punch hole thing i'm gonna put close but we're gonna put tie i'm gonna put tie with him then we've got Frosty the snowman i don't know look at his smile i think he's killed people before i think Frosty the snowman has killed someone before I don't really have a reasoning behind it. I just feel like Frosty Snowman has killed people. Then we've got the Wet Bandits. I don't remember their name. Which one's which are the Wet Bandits. I know Joe Pesci's one. Joe Pesci, I think we'd win. The other guy, I'm going to say close, but we lose. That dude looks freaking unhinged. Joe Pesci, if we're talking about like gangster movie Joe Pesci, maybe we're talking about a little different guy. Joe Pesci, I ain't worried about. I think the dude with the curly hair looks like Jack Eichel. I don't think we're having a, standing much of a chance here. Kevin McAllister, I'm dying. I There's no chance I'm beating Kevin McAllister. There's no way. I can't. His mom? I'm not going to rank his mom. Because I think like I, she... I don't know if you'd consider her unhinged or not. The loser kid from Polar Express with the galoshes? I don't know. I, I don't know if I can rank the kids. I feel kind of bad about ranking the kids. There's a Rottweiler on here. Now, this just might be me not knowing my Christmas movie that well i have a rottweiler at home i know what we're capable of if i didn't have if bear didn't know who i was and they just attacked me i would say close but we lose the fact that bear knows me that he'll let off a little bit so i'll put close but we lose because i feel like that it would just go off it would just go ham then we've got anybody else that i recognize i mean there's like we've got grinch's dog on here jack frost is that jack frost it's the puppet one. What's the one with the fire dude and the snow dude? A, I'm Mister White Christmas. I'm Mister Snow. What movie is that from? I know I gotta look this up because I don't remember what it's called. The Heat, Mister Heat Miser. What movie is this from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that just a song? A Holiday Inn. I don't know if I've actually seen the movie. Because I've I've seen the the clip. No, that doesn't look right. That does not look right. I don't know which one's the bad guy because the fire guy looks like he'd be the bad guy, but I really don't know. I really don't know who's the bad guy in this scenario. But I don't know. Do what? I, I feel like the Grinch's dog might do something too. I might put him in the close but we lose thing. Clarice, the reindeer that's that Rudolph likes. I don't. I don't know about her buddy's girlfriend. I don't know if we could put her on here as well. I feel like these guys would mess me up though. I think Abominable Yukon, Frosty Snowman, and Kevin McAllister would kill me. I don't. I don't know. Kevin McAllister seems like he's hold, no hold barred. Like this dude will mess you up and laugh about it. This, Kevin McAllister does not care who the hell you are. He will murk you. He sets up traps. He sets up all these different things to murk you. He don't care. Now I don't know why there's none from a Christmas story on here or or a nightmare before Christmas on here. I don't know. But I feel like that's fine for now. I mean there's other characters we could rank on here, but I don't really want to to rank the other ones. Because I, I don't I don't know what the Grinch is like in the animated one, the newest one. So we've got like the fully animated one, the the live action one, and then the somewhat animated slash live action one. So I don't I don't know. Some of these characters I know, but we're not gonna rank them. <laughs> So with that being said, I hope you enjoy your Christmas. Hope you spend time with family. I know we kind of said this on Wednesday, but we didn't know we were doing a show today. And then Josh Allen didn't make the Pro Bowl and Jordan Player didn't make the Pro Bowl and things kind of changed. So we had to change things up a little bit, but I sure hope you did enjoy the show. And this might be the last show of 2021. I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. We'll have to see how things go next week in regards to trying to schedule a show. But hey, I didn't think I was doing a show today and we did one today. So we'll see how it all goes. If you liked it, I really appreciate it. Make sure you go and follow me on all forms of social media again. And while you're at it, make sure you're following the Apple Podcast and Spotify account. If you did not like it, I can only apologize to shut it off and you should be fine. You don't hurt my feelings at all. It doesn't really bother me. But yeah, I sure hope you did. I sure hope you did. I, I hope you find this tier list so you could find out who could kick your ass and who wouldn't. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. And I will see you all later. Peace.